Hello and welcome to Your Band Sucks at Business, episode 39. My name is Malcolm Owenflood. I'm here with Marcus Manhas. How you doing, Marcus? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? Doing good. Thank you. Let's just get into it. This one is uh, a question from a listener, and it's not quite a question that we get super often, but it the the theme that runs through it is a question I get all the time. So I thought we'd just take his question that came in via email. By the way, you can just email us at yourbandsucksatbusiness at gmail.com or go to our website and, and you can message us through there as well. And I thought we'd take his question and turn it into an episode and just talk about it a little bit because I think it will help a lot of people who are kind of struggling with what they should be doing in their current situation. So let me just read his email in its entirety. And this is from TJ from the metal band Angora. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. All right. So this is TJ speaking, not me. (laughs) I am the creator of a hardcore prog metal band that I truly believe has music and a cohesive image enough to do something noteworthy. However, my way of going about this is to have a five-song EP recorded, slash mastered, and ready for release before anyone knows about us. Along with that, I'm collecting photo shoots, posters, artwork for EP slash random social media posts. We have seen fellow local bands have a successful release in a similar way, but not to the extent in which we're doing it, and not not of the hardcore metal variety. How do you each feel about putting all of your energy into packaging your product as fully as possible before ever playing a show? And then there's a little more, more detail, so I'll keep going. We're based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and there is a decent metal scene that has uh, that have played some great shows before the pandem- pandemic, of course. Let me know what you think of the situation. It's frustrating for all of us to not re- just release because we've been working on this project for about two years, but we're all decently young. But I want to make sure it's done right. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, TJ. Thanks for getting in touch and good question. So first off, let's talk about what he has done. Um, and, and like their preparation work. And I would say to that, which uh, I guess was the question that he outlined, how do you each feel about putting all of your energy into packaging your products as fully as possible before playing a show? And I think that's awesome. I think that's uh, like that's what I would do if I was starting yeah. a project right now. Yeah, I would too, fully. That Well, especially during the pandemic, <laughs> yeah. because there's not really anything else you can do. But no, that that's, a, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great move yeah. because if you have everything ready to go and polish and looking good, it's only going to increase the chances of success of your release. So yeah, I, I would recommend anyone to do that at whatever stage they're in, but especially if you're launching a project, get it all. Yeah. Get all your, cover all your bases for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big bands aren't like flying by the seat of their pants. They, they have videos already shot in advance and stuff like that. You know, like all of those assets are put together well before they need them. And the local band thing is much more just like complete release, complete release, complete release. So anything you can do to get ahead of schedule and have stuff banked, I think that's going to be awesome for you. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. So I think that's great. I don't think it necessarily matters if you do all that stuff before you're even playing a show. It definitely can't hurt. I kind of think that playing shows without at least a single released is kind of wasted energy because there's nothing for people to go and listen to after the show and become a fan with but you also your band gets a lot better by playing shows so i'm kind of i'm torn on that a little bit (laughs) yeah uh, for me i'm like you can't play shows right now anyway so 
the way I see it is like you don't really have a choice. Yes. To, but to put all your energy into packaging it and and presenting the band as fully as possible. So to me, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. what I would be doing for sure. Because we don't know when shows are going to come back. So I wouldn't even really be too concerned about like, should we do all this before we play a show? Because the online version of your band and, and the live version of your band arguably are almost two separate things these mm. days. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of bands who completely exist online only. They don't even tour until they've, you know, got a, a like a serious following. So yeah, I would kind of try to separate the two a little bit, especially right now. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic way of thinking of it is like yeah. two different businesses, <laughs> two, yeah, two different yeah. divisions of your business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Two, yeah. Two diff- different divisions, hundred percent. So yeah, I think putting all your energy into the packaging and, and perfecting, you know, your branding and making sure your product is basically as good as it possibly can be is a, is a great idea before you launch. And I would say as soon as you've got that stuff ready, I would, I would launch a single. I, I would, yes. you know, I, I would go for it. Yeah. So here's what I actually think the real question hidden inside of TJ's question is, and it's what do we do? Like, do we release in a pandemic? And that's kind of been a recurring theme in a lot of questions I've gotten. That's why I chose to make this an episode is people are kind of under the impression that they, uh, and I'm not saying you are TJ, but maybe, maybe it's crossing your mind that you might be better off not doing anything until things go back to normal. And I personally think absolutely not. I think people need to release music regardless to if live music's coming back soon or not. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. It's a bit of a unique situation for you though, TJ, because you guys are pre-release mm-hmm. and, and you said you never played a show with this band, I guess. So it's a little bit of a unique situation. It's not like you're going to be losing your fan base by not releasing or like staying relevant right now. But having said that, I absolutely think that if you're ready with all those assets and if, so say the pandemic was not a thing, live shows were still here, would you be releasing? That should be the same answer regardless of being in a pandemic or not. Because like Malcolm said, there's no real indicators of when this is going to go back to normal, when touring will return or what it's going to look like when it returns. So we kind of have to operate in a pandemic, (laughs) a pandemic infested industry or, uh, you know, like time right now. So yeah, I I would 100% say that if you guys are ready to release, if you feel that, that, you know, you're you're ready, then yeah, I, w- I would say absolutely go ahead and, and start building. Because the thing is, if shows were here anyway, you're still going to want to release a song mm-hmm. and it doesn't really affect the way that you'll market your single, right? Like arguably playing some shows, some local shows isn't really going to make that much of an impact on the worldwide success of your single or your, or your songs that you're you're releasing. So you can kind of just, yeah, you can you can just release them as you would, basically, is what I'm getting at, as if touring was still here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think maybe something to consider for TJ specifically is releasing singles instead of the five-song EP. Um, yes. I, I think yeah, I would definitely. probably strongly consider that because I think the, the EP and album makes more sense in a live situation where you have something maybe manufactured yeah. that you can sell at the merch booth. But because that's not going to be possible, it's more about spreading out your content to sustain for as long as possible and the the single drip method is definitely going to be a longer kind of like promotion period yeah you'll have a longer life cycle out of releasing singles as opposed to just dropping an ep and i think um, because we don't know what's happening (laughs) right now with the pandemic 
I would definitely drip those singles out as well. If if you have, you know, five songs, like you said, those can last you almost a year, depending on yeah. what kind of content you have to support it. Yeah. Just in release time, you know, not, not the lifespan of it, but just the release cycle can be a year. Yeah. Depending on how you, how you want to, you know, yeah. present those, I guess, but. That'd be a satisfying um, year for a fan, you know, like uh, yeah. if my favorite band released a new song to me every two months, I'd be pretty pleased about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. For sure. Now, again, going back, a lot of bands seem to be struggling with this. When do I release thing? And like, how much do I prepackage? Which is what TJ's talking about here. And I think there is a sweet spot between coming out with a bang and the, the minimum viable product. Because you know, it, it's tricky to self-assess this because I think everybody thinks the first thing their band records is this amazing piece of magic. And maybe it is, but I think there's a greater chance that your best work is yet to come. So not that your first music can't be good, but it probably isn't as good as whatever's coming next. And, you know, maybe you had to do this one on a shoestring budget. So also what's coming in the future might have more money behind it to kind of make a better product as well. So I think what I'm trying to encourage some people to do and you have to assess if this is right for you but is to kind of go with the minimum viable product and release what's what you have and what's good enough not necessarily spend well like two years worth of time on packaging stuff where you could have already come out and and been making progress i guess it, it's tricky i think it's a really hard thing to juggle but i just think i see too many bands not releasing in in hopes of doing something else like like making more assets but it just takes too long and there's an opportunity to cost to not releasing because like what if like nobody's getting a record deal without releasing music right like if with nothing to show nobody's getting tour offers i guess nobody's getting tour offers right now at all but let's just pretend touring still exists you have to have music out for like so much of what being a band is you yeah. need that music there. You're not even a band until you've got released music in my You can't even opinion. apply for grants without music yeah. for the most part. Yeah, so. you can't apply for grants. You can't, you know, like we've talked about getting sync placements in TV shows and stuff like that. None of these opportunities will exist without an online product, without music being available for people. You won't build a fan base without music being available. So as much as planning and making a strategy is amazing, it's only effective if you actually put it to work eventually. And Two years seems like a long time for me. Maybe, you know, maybe it's the most amazing stuff you guys have put together and kudos. It, it totally could work. But I wonder if you had done one year released and you'd already be well into working on your next release by now kind of thing, right? With all the momentum of your first release behind you. So I guess I'm encouraging bands to not take too long and not to think that the pandemic is a reason to wait. I don't think it is. I think it's just now it's you're only having to focus on online and in that sense there's no difference right the the pandemic isn't affecting online releases it's only affecting touring essentially yeah for sure it's a, it is a fine line though that's the thing you want to make sure that your release is ready to go and it's the best thing that you can possibly put forward in the you know right now basically you don't want to like half ass a release no so i think you guys have the right idea for sure, but by getting everything ready to go and, you know, trying to package it as, as professionally as you can and make it look as professional as you can and you're getting your branding right. So yeah, I think now if you guys, like I said already, like if you guys are ready to go, I, I think, yeah, this is the time to do it. And, and just to, you know, try to figure out a way, a release schedule that kind of 
gets the most out of the work that you've put in over the two years? Because like, like we just said, you don't want to dump an EP and just be like, here you go. Because I mean, dumping a whole EP with no one you know, ready to listen mm-hmm. uh, is just a waste of, of an EP. It's, waste, it's a waste of five songs and, and really it's a waste of two years of work. So yeah, you, you kind of want to drip it out and build off each single release. But yeah, I, I would say right now is, is there's no better time really than right now to release. There's not going to be a better time that we know of. So, uh, so I would say, yeah, going forward is definitely the move right now. Just, yeah, just yeah. make sure you're proud of what you've done and just go for it. Yeah. The minimum viable product, that phrase I keep throwing out is still awesome. Like <laughs> just because it's like the minimum, vi- I mean, it, it is what it is. It's the minimum viable thing. And what viable is, uh, is going to like vary on your own, like personal idea of what you're trying to do. But it's still got to be awesome, you know. For yeah. for Band of Rascals, it was like a banging song, well recorded with a music video. That was kind of like we never really released a single without getting the music video lined up, like at least very close after. You know, it was always like in our like our release plan was the music video as well, and yeah. that was enough. I mean, that was a that was a long time ago, so maybe the game's changed a little bit. I'm not saying just do that, but there's at least we had like you know we like we got a song, it sounds good. And there's some visual content to go with it. This seems like a, like it's going to feel like a real release and it's going to give yeah. people content. You could definitely do more than that, but like at least it was out and we were making progress and then we could tour it and we could, you know, do press releases. We could actually do interviews. Like you can't do a lot of press work until it's out, right? Like doing interviews about the new album. It, if it wasn't out, you can't do that, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, just like do an assessment, figure out what you need to, like what boxes need to be checked for you to feel comfortable releasing it, but then do it. And uh, this goes back to our last episode about setting goals. You got to set a timeline, I think. And it's got to be measurable, right? Uh, like all of these, well, I mean, you could use the whole thing, but measurable, I think is important because like I would make a checklist is how I would do it. Like, okay, it's important that we, to me, it's important that we have a music video and you just, you know, write down music video and then there's a box to check and when all those boxes have been checked you can feel confident that you've got what you wanted otherwise if you don't have haven't like set out a measurable and specific release goal then you could just constantly be like okay we need more promos we need more yeah, yeah. alternate videos and alternate content and just never release yeah and one of the things to keep in mind is that you can still build the content once you're like once the song you know once you've released it's not like you have to have everything ready to go because you can't you know you can't build content you know once the single's been released i think you should definitely have like you said the minimal viable product and that goes for the content as well you should have the minimum to be able to support the single but you'll be building content throughout that say month or or two between that and the next single you'll have all that time to build up more content and kind of see what's working and what's not And every single release will be better and better. By the time you get to, you know, this time next year, you should be ready to do your next one. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we should just quickly brainstorm here, just on the spot, what we think a minimum viable release would look like. And we can just kind of, <laughs> like, for me, I think uh, there would be, you know, obviously the product, the song. Yeah. And when I say the song, that means the recording as well. So like a produced, mixed, mastered, great sounding representation of the song exists in a digital form. So that box would have to be checked. I think the music video is still hugely important these days. So I would want that box checked. I would also want, uh, I mean, you have to have album art or single art. 
So artwork, that box has to be checked, which is going to kind of force you to take a look at your branding for your all your socials to kind of align with that artwork potentially, right? Unless you've got like a theme going through all of your singles, which is a good idea. And then I think the last thing that I would say is totally necessary to me, and people will disagree with this, especially Marcus, is a lyric video. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lyric video or alt video. So like it could be a live performance video. Uh, I think you just want, you need two visual components these days. I think that's like a really good idea. Like one real music video that kind of is like establishing brand and enforcing the idea of the song usually. You know, music videos normally correspond to what the song's about in some sense or at least push the idea of the song where like a live video is more about introducing people to you as as a band. Yeah, I would definitely go I yeah, as you as you kind of alluded to there, I am I don't like <laughs> I just don't like them. I never have and that's just me. They are they have value. Lots of people, you know, huge artists, Taylor Swift I think for her, for that folklore album, I think she had one for every song, didn't she? And yep. they, you know what? Those are actually pretty good too. They look great. So lyric videos definitely have their place. I just, for you guys, a band, I would go for a live video. See, t- like for someone like Taylor Swift, like the content that isn't related to her performing live, like a lyric video makes sense to me. Yep. But for a metal band, you're a band. So a big part of that is your performance. I would 100% go with a live video. I do agree with you, Malcolm, that you need two pieces of visual, like a, a video content mm-hmm. for a release. I think that's really important. You can do a really good live video for a decent price now. Um, I think it's super important. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say music video live or an alt video. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would lean towards live for a metal band for sure. I think uh, it's just like thinking about it now. I'm I'm realizing that I think it's more important about having one visual aspect that represents the song and one that represents your band. So yeah, if for sure. if the music video, like the produced music video, is a performance video then maybe consider a lyric video where it's kind of like, yeah. a, you know, people are getting to understand what the song's about and stuff like that and attached to the song because the band part's already taken care of. It's just you guys looking cool in metal, you know, like, you, yeah, so yeah. I, I kind of like that idea of like, okay, we've got content that drives people towards our image and content that drives towards this song. And like, that's going to, either people are going to really attach to your brand image or they're going to fall in love with what the song's about and connect on the song level. And both are good. So you're kind of like catching people where they are and making sure both bases are covered with that idea. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. I think it sounds like you were on the right track anyway, TJ, though. I, I hope this has kind of provided a little bit of clarity. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, basically, our, our stance these days, I think at the, in March, it would have been a little... It totally would have been different. A lot different. And I think it was different. We even said that on the podcast. But I mean, nowadays, I think our stance is basically just to... You got to just operate business as usual, really. Yeah. This is the new this is the new industry for now with no touring and so waiting it out in my opinion is just not it's doing you a disservice and ultimately will hurt the career. And I know it's a little different like I said because you're pre-release so it's not like you're losing the fans that you've been working hard to build, but why not why not build those fans now? Yeah. Because we don't know what it's going to look like in 2 months, 3 months, a year, whatever. We don't know what the industry is going to look like. So now is the time to just go for it and start building. And like Malcolm said, you know, you're going to get better with every release. That's just the way I feel like that's just the way it goes for the majority of bands is you just get better as you go. So, so yeah, why not, why not just start now for sure? I I think a lot of people who haven't released also struggle with that. Like, especially if the first release isn't quite what they want it to be. Yeah. You know, like they just couldn't get the first release to be as professional as they 
had hoped. And that is tough because it is important that it's it seems professional, but you might just not be there. And that's like hard truth. And you're just going to have to get through that and, and release it anyways. I think, again, there's always a point where I say that, but some people aren't ready to release and they need to try again. <laughs> but yeah. but in the most for for the most part, it's like just stop obsessing over the one song and just know that your next one's gonna be closer to that goal. It's gonna be okay. And I'm sure we could find some examples of some bands that are fantastic and huge now, but if you go back to their first album, it's pretty rough. I'm sure we could find an example of oh, that. Ton- yeah, tons of examples of that for sure. Lots. Yeah, yeah. So, like, hopefully that answered your question, TJ. But I also hope that we kind of made it global enough for everybody to consider their their future releases. And that was really my goal, because there are people using at this point. There's people definitely that are using, and TJ, you're not. You're you're good. But <laughs> but there's people that are using the pandemic as an excuse, and it's like, okay, this is the norm now. Like you said, Marcus, this is the new industry. Get to work. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much for listening as always. Uh, let's do a quick Patreon shout out. We have Evan Miller of the Wild Romantics, Chris Erickson of Scove, Bernard from the Enrons. I'm mixing another song for those guys. Thank you and nice. looking forward to doing that, boys. Ryan from Venom and Spirit, Grady from Leather Apron Revival, Lucas from Vogue Villains, Graham from Carmana, Kevin from Supreme Remedy, Rob Wilkinson from Rob Elo slash Jeff Goldblum and the Milford Snorts. <laughs> not even going to say it it's a joke but <laughs> and it's not important to anyone um and then tay fans liz walker and carlin who i still don't know what carlin's band's name is so sorry carlin we'll find out soon okay thank you all for your support it's hugely appreciated and we will be back next week with another episode What's up, everyone? This is Malcolm Owen Flood here, one of the hosts of Your Band Sucks at Business. If you've been listening to this for a while, you may be aware that we haven't done a new episode in quite a while. Stay tuned. I'm sure there will be more coming. But for right now, I wanted to give you an update on where Marcus and I are at and where you can find us and find out what we're doing right now. So currently, I'm over at the Self-Recording Band podcast, which is another one of my podcasts that I co-host. And if you are into doing DIY recordings with your music or your band's music, you absolutely got to check that podcast out. But in addition, I'm also doing some YouTube content and pushing that really hard right now. So I ask you to please go check out my YouTube channel. You can find me under my name, Malcolm Ownflood, M-A-L-C-O-M-O-W-E-N-F-L-O-O-D. You'll find me and I'm doing tons of fun stuff over there. I'd love to have you come visit me on YouTube and please do give me a subscribe. That is super appreciated. And now for Marcus, he is just killing it right now. He's been touring pretty much all over the world with Current Swell and Luca Fogali and some other folks. He's just absolutely killing it. And he's got his own website up, marcusmanhas.com. And you can go find his kind of touring sessions, playback stuff all up on there. Totally encourage you to go connect with him. And again, thanks for listening to the Your Band Sucks at Business podcast. It is so appreciated. And I'm super glad that these episodes are helping people out there. Don't be a stranger. Do reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Instagram's probably the best place to find Marcus or myself. So connect with us there. We'd love, love to hear from you. And yeah, enjoy the episode. Thanks.